Welcome to The Soft Life with me, Candy Washington, where we explore all things self-love, manifestations, and relationships with a cheeky dash of pop culture news. So be sure to subscribe, share, and join us on Patreon. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Soft Life with me, Candy Washington. As always, I am so excited to help you lead a more joyful life. But before we dive into today's episode, which will be a very inspiring conversation with Taylor Elise Morrison, if you need extra support, don't forget that you can always grab our self-love journal right down below. And you can also grab one of our courses, Manifest Your Dream Life Through Self-Love, our Art of Self-Love Masterclass, and more goodies. And don't forget to join our newsletter. It is 100% free, and you also get a free self-love guide when you sign up and also our Patreon community. There is tons of support there on your self-love journey and also bonus content and goodies. So without further ado, let's bring up Taylor. So for those of you who may not be familiar with her, Taylor Elise Morris is a founder, facilitator, and coach who's making well-being and personal development more accessible. She's the author of Inner Workout, Strengthening Self-Care Practices for Healing Body, Soul, and Mind, and is the founder of a popular wellness brand of the same name. She was named one of Fortune's 10 Innovators Shaping the Future of Health, and you can take her Take Care Assessment, which which measures well-being across five dimensions, and has been taken by thousands of people across the globe. So welcome, Taylor. Thank you so much for having me, Candy. Absolutely. So do you want to share with us a little bit more about yourself and then how did you get into helping people take care of themselves? Yeah, I feel like the best place to start is that I actually am not necessarily good at Mm self-care. I stumbled into this work because I tend to be a workaholic, someone who was really, really focused on achievements and ended up burning myself out. And I got to a point a few years ago where I was like, the way that I've built my life isn't sustainable. I need to figure out how to take care of myself in a more holistic way that went beyond some of the things that I was seeing. And I talked about it and other people seemed to be having the same issues and turned into this company and this book that I've built. Yeah. And What came up for me in your story is definitely probably maybe some codependency in there. I think a lot of people with with codependency, we sort of get our wealth through working and showing up and not having boundaries. And then we tend to burn out because we're doing everything for everyone. And I think a lot of people can definitely relate to that story. And I also think a lot of people can relate to that story. I know myself included is that we sort of get to our healing journey. We get to our self-love journey. We start doing self-care practices because we're not initially good at it (laughs) because we're not currently doing it until we get to a point of crises, whether it's I'm not happy in my life or something happens or there's a trauma or there's, you know, something that brings us to that fork in the road where it's either we're going to continue to be depleted, exhausted and burnt out and not fulfilled or, we're going to consciously make a change. And then that shifts goes into just like you're saying with like the self-care, learning the new practices and creating a different um, 
lifestyle and different choices that's sort of like beyond the spa day, you know, beyond the face mask, but how do you actually in a tangible, practical way, create a life that is full of taking care of yourself? And so one question that I have for you is how do you define self-care? Yeah, I'm so glad that you asked that because it's something I personally come back to all the time, but it's also when I share this definition, I see like a light bulb go off in people's minds. So the way that I define it, the way that we define it as a company is that self-care is listening within and responding in the most loving way possible. So Mm -hmm. instead of self-care being like the set of practices that we're supposed to do or boxes to check, I like to think of it as a conversation. We're listening to ourselves, we're connecting to our inner wisdom, and then we're finding the way that we can respond with love using the resources that are currently available to us. Mm, I love that. I love that. Like for for us, when we talk more about um, self-care practices, and I, and I love your definition, you know, sort of that checking in, going into your own intuition, your own inner guidance system, and then showing up for yourself in the most self-compassionate, loving, and graceful way. So I, I love that because for us, we kind of do the difference between like a self-love versus self-care versus like a self-concept. And I think Mm -hmm. they all sort of intertwine. And we define self-love very similar to the way you define self-care, where it's self-love is really cultivating that self-compassionate, self-forgiving, that self-inward look relationship to yourself. And that's what, you know, self-love is. And through self-care, then self-care are the practices, the tools, and the techniques that we use in order to cultivate that loving relationship that you have with yourself. And so I absolutely love how you define self-care. That's one of the like fundamental tools and techniques that we can use is just checking back in. What does our own divinity say? What does our higher self say? What does our intuition, our divinity say? And then having the courage and the conviction to then act in our own best interest. Because I think that's really what it is. Because I think that when we're disconnected, just like you said, from our own inner guidance system, our own intuition, we don't act in our own best interest. We think it's selfish or we have to say yes. We have to be the best student, the best daughter, the best girlfriend. We don't have needs. We don't have wants. We have to do, 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 show, show, prove. But the truth is, if you're truly a healthy, evolved, fulfilled human being, your default should be acting in your own self-interest in a loving and compassionate way. Yeah. And that, yeah, it sounds like the self-care definition that I use encompasses, like you said, both because it's got the listening, it's got the loving response. And I find that so often, even when people are doing self-care and in this case, I'm talking about kind of like the mainstream idea of self-care, which tends to be about like just buying stuff and just treating Mm -hmm. yourself. A lot of times that isn't coming from a place of love. It's coming from a place of obligation or you're like doing a specific thing that you saw someone else do. And you're like, if I do this, it'll make me become like them. And Mm -hmm. so getting to that place where you're like, oh no, I'm doing this. I love how you're saying in acting in our own self-interest. I'm doing this because I love myself and I care for myself and I'm not trying to become someone else. I'm trying to become more of me. Exactly. Like I think that is, that's really that mindset shift. It's almost on a spiritual level where it's, 
I'm not doing this in order to be worthy and deserving, but because I'm worthy and deserving, I get to do this. You know, it's like I love myself, therefore I take care of myself. You know, not I'm going to go do this fall day because I just saw somebody on Instagram do that and I'm going to post it too and now I'm going to be cool and I'm going to get all these likes. But it's, no, I'm going to go do a spa day because I deserve to take a break. I deserve to take care of myself. I deserve to relax, you know, and whatever that quote spa day is, just like you said, by tuning into yourself, because that spa day could look different. It could be going for a walk. It could be calling your therapist. It could be taking a nap. It could be eating an apple instead of the Snickers bar. You know, it could be any of those things, but it's doing what authentically fills you back up, not what you think you're supposed to be doing in order to be you know, to me, it's sort of that toxic positivity. Like if I don't look like this, if I'm not doing this, then somehow I'm wrong or I'm doing it wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. So do you also want to talk a little bit more about your journey as a Black woman in the wellness space? Because I know that that can be it can look a little, it can look a little different. Like I definitely have my own journey with that. So I would also love your perspective on it too. Yeah. When I was first starting, so even before I started inner workout, I like got my group fitness instructor certification and got the idea for yoga for inner workout, which is rooted a lot in yogic philosophy as I was doing um, a pretty intense yoga teacher training. And in a lot of the spaces that I was in and the conversations that I was seeing around self-care, it didn't always include people who looked like me. It didn't yeah. always include people whose bodies looked like mine or who had similar experiences. And what I found is in a lot of the situations where someone was teaching me or someone was telling me this is what it looks like to be well, they were in such a mindset of, my experience is kind of the experience mm-hmm. that it was hard for myself to to see that I really had a place. And so now that I'm in a place where I get to talk to people all the time about self-care, yeah, I really try and speak from the eye and say, this is my experience. Like if you read the book, there's a whole place in the beginning where I'm like, these are the privileges that I'm bringing it to this. These are the experiences that I'm bringing to this because I think if we want to get to a place where everyone feels cared for and everyone feels well, we have to acknowledge that that is going to look different for different people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say it it definitely over the past, like when I, I started this work personally, like five years ago, I launched the company I think we're coming up on four years. We're at like three and a half years now. And I've seen the shift where there are more voices and there are more faces and there are more per- more perspectives. But I had to do a lot of work to be like, no, I deserve to be here. Yes. I have something that's <laughs> valuable to say. And yeah. whenever people ask me like, what is the hardest part for you about starting your business? It wasn't any of the logistics or any of that. It was like the mindset of believing that I deserve to be there. 100%. Um, sorry, I like always take notes and I do that. So that's what I'm doing. I'm taking some good notes because a lot, a couple of things come up when you were talking and I do want to get more into inner workout too. Um, but I think what's so beautiful about what you're saying is that you really needed someone who had the same lived experience because it's one thing for a person to say, this is what wellness looks like. This is what, X, Y, and Z is, 
But if they don't have the same lived experience of what it's like to be in a body like mine, in a skin like mine, with hair like mine, with XYZ like mine, they could have the best intentions. They may not even know it, but just like you said, we always speak from our own lived experience and they just don't have the context of what that feels and looks like. You know, um, this happens even in, you know, body image, you know, just because somebody has curves or they're bigger, that doesn't mean they're unhealthy. And just because somebody's super thin doesn't mean that they're not unwell. You know, there's these sort of like misconceptions of a correlation between weight and health, and that's simply not true. And then you also have to think about, you know, whose body types usually look a certain way, where the now the narrative is that body type isn't healthy, you know? So I, I'm really happy that you brought that up. And I also think that happens in other spaces, whether it's a mentor or a therapist. Like I have um, a friend of mine who's a gay man and he's like, you know, I really want to find a therapist who's gay because they're going to understand what my lived experience is. You know, and I just got a new manager and I love that she's black and she's a woman. And I'm like, that's great because she's going to understand, you know, what my journey in this space is might look different than somebody else's journey in this space. Not that anybody's mean or bad or wrong, but just the practicality of what the context and what the lived experience that this person can truly empathize with you in a different way that somebody else can't. And I also love that you brought up mindset in this space because, you know, there's imposter syndrome and there's not feeling good enough and not feeling worthy and not seeing any face that looks like your face in this space. And it's true because it's never like, can you do it? You know, it's never the logistics of it. It's just, do I believe in myself that I belong here, you know, that that my voice is meaningful and that other people will find value in it. And your voice is extremely meaningful and a lot of people are finding value in it. So I'm happy that you're in this space. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about Inner Workout, about the book and about the program and everything that goes into that? Yeah. So Inner Workout has been so many different things because we publicly launched right before the pandemic. And so uh, there was so many pivots and things that happened. But overall, I believe that inner workout helps people build the skill of self-care and it helps them do their inner work. So we have a lot of free things that we put out into the world, our podcast, our self-care Sundays newsletter. The book is now like, I'm super excited about it because the book is a lower cost offering. It's free yeah. if you get it from your library. And it really lays out, I call it like my dissertation on self-care. <laughs> like it lays out my whole perspective on self-care and really expands on one of the core concepts for inner workout, which are the five dimensions of well-being. I mentioned before that I got the idea for inner workout while I was doing yoga teacher training. I was introduced to this yogic concept called the koshas. And that was the inspiration for the five dimensions of well-being. Because what I realized is when I was doing self-care before, I was doing a lot of it like just focused on my physical body or mm. just focused on my mind. And what those five dimensions showed me is like, oh, I'm a whole integrated being. And yeah. sometimes I'm caring for one part of myself, but that's not the piece that needs care. So that's why I built those take care assessment. It measures your well-being across the five dimensions. It's free. You take it and it gives you a PDF with like, here's where you're at with the different dimensions. And then it gives you three free practices to work on. And the book expands on, like you can take the assessment and then read a chapter of the book to support you on whatever area you saw that you needed work with. 
So yeah, we work with people, we work with organizations, and the whole goal is to help people build the skill of self-care and to help. Sometimes I say like, especially when I'm working with leaders is to develop leaders who care because Mm -hmm. for those of you who have like normal nine to five jobs, your, your manager, your boss, whoever it is can like make or break your well-being sometimes because if they don't have their stuff together, it's going to trickle down to you for better or for worse. Yeah, absolutely. And even for people who are entrepreneurs, like when you're the leader of yourself, you know, how do you manage your own well-being while building your business as well? You know, so I think it I think it goes to everybody who's who's in any space. And and what are the five dimensions that you define them as? Yeah. So there's the physical dimension, and before I go into that, every mm-hmm. dimension has like two or three sub-dimensions. We won't get into all of the sub-dimensions yeah, here. Yeah. yeah, but there's the physical dimension, which looks at how you relate to your body and how you're able to hear how your body is talking to you. The energetic dimension, which looks at how you relate to energy in your daily life through your breath, which is a huge way that we regulate yeah. our energy, but also how I think of like, we all have had a situation where we end a conversation where like, I am so drained right now versus <laughs> you leave the conversation. You're so energized. Like that's a way that energy is moving yeah. through our life. The next dimension is the mental and emotional dimension. That's one dimension. It looks at how you're using your brain, how you're able to process emotions and how you're sleeping. Cause sleep, yes, affects your body, but it really affects your mind too. Mm-hmm. I was just in a meeting with someone earlier who's like, I did not get a good night's sleep and it is like impacting the rest of my day. Yeah. Uh, The next dimension is the wisdom dimension, which is all about connecting into your inner wisdom, harnessing the power of the present moment and taking aligned action. And then the final dimension is the bliss dimension, which is about connection, connection to the truest expression of you, to community and to something bigger than you, however you define something bigger than you. I love that. I, I I love the wisdom and the bliss ones the most because <laughs> I think those are the two that probably get overlooked the most when we're thinking about like self-care and wellness. You know, we kind of forget about, you know, the bliss and the community and the connection and then also, you know, the wisdom, harnessing your own intuition and experiences to just to be a more cultivated, holistic person, just like you said. Do you have yeah. any – yeah. Do you have any – um stories about your own personal experience? Like, how did you come to know that you wanted to make a change in your life about how you were living and just how you were feeling and everything like that? And what I mean by that is just, you know, did you have a point where you're like, I'm just burnt out, this is just too much? And then what was the first thing that you did? Or what's the first thing that we can do if we're feeling that way to to get help or to get better? Yeah, I love this question. So for me, I mean, even as someone who like wrote a book and talks about self-care all the time, mm-hmm. I still pretty recently got burned out and I was really embarrassed yes. to admit it because mm-hmm. I was like, shouldn't I be over this? But unfortunately, <laughs> like we live in a world that kind of is like the perfect storm for burnout to happen. So even mm-hmm. though we might have the best of intentions, it still might happen. I just like to yep. share that for anyone who's like feeling bad about it and feeling bad about admitting you're burned out. That's only prolonging your burnout. Mm-hmm allow yourself to get rid of the judgment and then start to move forward. Okay. But back to a story of when I experienced. So it all started for me in 2017 
really before then, but like it came to a head in 2017 where I was working full time at a startup. I also had like clients on the side for a company I was doing. Mm-hmm. I, depending at the point of the year, I was either just getting married or had oh. recently gotten married and like planning on this whole wedding that was really stressful. Um, yeah. <laughs> and there was a Sunday night when I was like trying to plan out my week and I had my computer up and I had my planner and I was just like sitting there getting more and more stressed out mm-hmm. as I was trying to figure out how I could fit everything into my week. Cause I also didn't mention I was like volunteering for nonprofits. I was just doing entirely too much. You're doing, you're doing everything. <laughs> I was doing the most and then some. Yeah. So I was like, this is not working. I'm just going to close my laptop. I'm going to go take a bath and I will come back to this tomorrow morning. And that was very out of character for me. And it felt really good. So then I did it again the next Sunday and the next Sunday and the next Sunday. And it became like that was my first self-care ritual where I might work a little bit on Sunday nights, but then I would have like a shutdown and I wouldn't check my phone or my laptop until Monday morning. And then what happened was I was like, okay, this feels really good, but I can't take a bath when I have to go into the office on like (laughs) Wednesday afternoon. So how can I get some of that feeling of being cared for that the Sunday night bath gave me, but Mm -hmm. experience that throughout my week and throughout my days. So that really started to be like the shift for me is realizing that And it's funny now because all the time I'm like, yeah, self-care is more than baths. But it really did start for me as baths. And then I expanded from there. So I think anyone who is listening to this and is like, I don't know where to start. A lot of times I'll say just start by like taking some time to listen to yourself. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself like, what do I need right now? Yep. What would make me feel cared for right now? And then again, even if it's in a small way, even if you only have like a minute two minutes, five minutes to do something to respond to what you just heard, that will go a really, really long way. I see so many people like not giving themselves care because they think that they don't have enough time or enough money, but really there's a lot that you can do with what you have right now. Absolutely. And I think it's really about, just like you said, like shifting our, our, our concept or our definition of what self-care is, you know, like, yes, for you, it was the bath, but it was, but really what it was, was the moment where you said to yourself or, you know, you, the intentionality of what is it that I need right now? How can I take care of myself right now? Like, what is it that I actually need in this moment? You know, and you were able to go in and it was like, okay, well, I'm going to go take a bath. I'm going to shut this down. I'll get back to it. You know? So that was really that, that moment was just, let me just check in with me. Because because you, like our inner selves, our higher selves, always know what we need, always know what we need. So let me just check in with me. Because like a lot of us, we're always sort of going by external stimuli. What does this person need? What does that person need? What does this project need? What does that need? But that true moment of self-care and self-love is, well, what is it that I actually need? And just like we talked about earlier, having the, honestly, it's even like courage at some points, because if you're not used to it, having the courage to then say, well, now I'm going to act in my own self-interest and I'm actually going to do it. I love that you said it's courage. That's that's the courage. The courage is to really say, 
well, I'm going to do it. Because usually we have that little whisper, slow down, take a breath, say no, stop. But we clutter and we clutter and we clutter and we numb and we numb and we deny and we deny. And then we don't have the courage to actually say, you know what, I'm going to say no to this. I'm going to, I'm going to step down for a little bit. I'm going to take care of me for a little bit. Like I know for on my, on my healing journey, one of the biggest things for me was learning how to say no. Like I used to be such a people pleaser, so codependent. Like I would never say no to anybody, never say no to anything. Just give, 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 give. Where I would, it would physically manifest as like a knot in my stomach. Like if I had to say no to someone, I would get like a knot. I would be like sweating and I'd be like, I can't believe I'm going to say no to this person or this thing. What's going to happen? And then I just sort of, and like with my therapist, she was like, well, just, you know, just start trying. And I was like, okay. And then I just start, started, you know, And it's so funny now looking back on it because today I would be like, no, no, thank you. Bye. See ya. Cool. Thanks. You know, in a very loving, a loving, respectful way. So it's so funny. But then it was just like the biggest thing just to say no, you know, or I don't or simply just like I don't want to. And knowing that that was enough, knowing that just because I simply did not want to do something was enough. I didn't have to say because I have to do this or because this, because of this, because of because, because of because but simply because I didn't feel like it. And for me, I had to learn that my own well-being has to be my first and best priority. It has to be. So in my own well-being, it's just, does this feel good? Does it not feel good? Do I want to do it? Do I not want to do it? And then just listening, like you said, listening, and then having the courage to act in my own best interest. Because I tell you, it was it used to be real hard saying no, real hard. Now I'm just like, thank you so much, but no, thank you. And guess what? The world continues to spin. <laughs> my friends who love me, love me. People in my life love me. My business continues. I continues. The sun continues to rise. Like nothing bad happens. <laughs> but it's so funny. Because when because when you have those moments where you think, because usually it goes back to like abandonment wounds where you think, if I don't say yes, then I'm no longer being of value. And if I'm no longer being of value, then they're going to leave me. I will no longer be wanted. I will no longer be needful, you know? And that's really that core abandonment wound where you get to the point where it's, I don't care who abandons me. I'm not going to abandon myself. Hmm. And that's truly the essence of self-love and self-care. I'm not going to abandon myself. So in this moment, if myself is saying, Candy, slow down, Candy, say no, Candy, take a bath, (laughs) I'm going to honor that because the only person who I really need to not leave me is me. That's really beautiful. And yeah, it's like they call it a self-care practice for a reason because it takes practice and it takes mm-hmm. courage. And so I love that your therapist was like, yeah, what if you just try? Yeah, like, like, just try, just try. It doesn't have to be because we as humans like to get into all or nothing thinking. And and mm-hmm. this can happen, especially when we're trying to do something like, quote unquote, good for ourselves. We're like, OK, well, I realize how I'm acting now isn't supportive. So I have to 180 into something else. And sometimes <laughs> that can shock your system to the point that it's not sustainable. So Mm -hmm. sometimes the best thing that you can do is like tiptoe 
into something that feels a little bit different, enough to feel stretched, but not enough to fully activate your fight, fight or flight where you're like, oh, no, 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 I'm going to go back into this mm-hmm. thing that I know isn't supportive, but I'm familiar with it and it feels exactly. safe. Yeah, 100%. And it, uh, and then it builds up your confidence too. Because, you know, there's, there's a confidence factor there. It's like, oh, I said, I said no, and it's okay. Okay, I'm going to say no. Like, you know, you, you kind of go back and more. And I also loved how you said about, um, you know, you got burnt out recently and you're like, oh, because there's always that just like that shame that comes with, well, if I'm teaching something, if I'm talking about something and then I still suffer from it from time to time or right now or whenever, you, we kind of get shame around it and kind of that like fraud or imposter syndrome comes in. But none of that's the truth. The truth is, All of this is just a journey. It's just life. It's just making one choice and then another choice and then making another choice and then making another choice. And we don't have to be these perfect beings just to be worthy of being an expert or being worthy of being someone who teaches and shows. We're just human beings. You know, and it's okay to still burn out. It's still okay to not be clear on boundaries sometimes. You know, it's still okay to falter because no matter what, well, not no matter what, until a certain point in time of your life, you're just going to be a human being. And that's just a part of our life. You know, it's not perfection, it's progress. And when I sometimes talk about healing, it's not like, oh, I'm healed, we're done, we're good, move on, check next. It's like, well, no, I'm healed. And now I'm being, you know, challenged with the same thing or, you know, I'm being burnt out again or this is happening. It's not that I'm not healed. It's just that now I'm equipped. Now I'm equipped with new tools, with new techniques, with new practices to meet this moment differently. So maybe the same exact thing happens, but I'm going to actually show myself compassion this time. I'm actually going to be loving towards myself this time. I'm not going to make it such a big deal this time. I'm going to work through it this time. Because I know for me personally, just like you're, what you were saying, like I work in wellness too. I have like my podcast and all of that fun stuff. But I have those same moments where I too struggle with like not feeling good enough or low self-esteem or, you know, whatever the case is. And that creeps in my mind. Well, I'm telling people to love themselves. I'm telling people to, you know, take care of themselves and to validate yourself. And here I am still struggling with my own self-esteem. It's like, well, yeah, because you're a human being, Candy. And guess what? Sometimes people have low self-esteem. Sometimes things dip your confidence. You know, sometimes you question yourself and that is okay. Doesn't make you a fraud. Doesn't make you a phony. It just makes you human, but it actually makes you a healthier human because now you have the awareness around it. Now you're calling yourself out in a loving and compassionate way. Now you're meeting the moment differently, you know, and I think that we and I love that we're talking about this because I don't think that aspect of, you know, wellness space is talked about enough where it's not, oh, we're healed, check, never again will I suffer from anything. It's, well, yeah, I'm healed because now I've empowered myself with the tools to take care of myself no matter what. Yeah, and something that I – so the last season of my podcast was all about burnout, and one of the things that came up in the season finale was this idea of perfectionism and how many of us who – our perfectionists, our recovering perfectionists, yeah. we think that perfection is what will allow people to connect with us. And it's actually the opposite. Yeah. People don't connect with perfection. 
people might aspire to be perfect. People might admire someone that they think is perfect, but they don't connect with perfect. So when we're willing to say, yeah, sometimes I still struggle with this. Yeah. This is a tool that I'm still constantly using. It doesn't make people think like, oh, who is she? Who are they? That they're doing this. It makes them realize, oh, they're a human and mm-hmm. I'm not wrong or bad that I still struggle with it. It opens up a lot of space for both us to have compassion for ourselves, but also other people. Yeah. You don't want to be setting unrealistic expectations for other people either. Yeah, it's – uh you know, learning from you today, it's a part of the bliss dimension. Because I think when you're able to share your story in an authentic way, like, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. And then the other person says, you know what, I'm struggling with that too, or I have that too. Then you have that authentic connection, that authentic. And then that's really what, what the empathy is and authenticity is. And, and then you have true community and support, because you're no longer just trying to connect with somebody's, you know, persona or somebody's representative, but you're connecting with that person's soul and that person's humanity. And you can say, you know, I see myself in you. And now you can see yourself in me and we can no longer be alone, you know, because that's really what shame does. Like toxic shame, it says, I'm wrong. Like if you make a mistake you think I am wrong. That's shame. There's something about me that's wrong. And then the other part of toxic shame is that it's only happening to me. I'm the only one. I have to keep the secret. And it's the secrecy and it's the shame that makes it so toxic and poisonous inside. But if you just release it and you're like, hey, this is what happened or this is what I'm going through or, or this is how I feel, then you sort of re- you free yourself from the shame of thinking that it's only you and that you are wrong. I did um, a podcast on this when, when we were talking about self-forgiveness and I, when we were talking about the difference between guilt and shame. And it's like, well, there's healthy guilt, you know, where it's like what I did was wrong. And then there's toxic shame. What I did was wrong. Therefore, I am wrong. And it's mm-hmm. that separation between the act being wrong versus identifying as there's something wrong with you. And I think, you know, just like we've been talking about opening up about what's happening kind of heals and like dissipates that toxic shame where you feel like you're not the only person and you're not alone. You don't have to keep that secret anymore. Absolutely. It, it, yeah. It's like it, it, the shame loses its power source. Exactly. Exactly. Like, oh, people, like you said earlier, like, oh, people still love me. I said exactly. no once and I yeah. still have friends. Like it's just you start to build even like a new neural pathway or you start to see new possibilities. And instead of like when you don't act, when you only listen to the shame, don't say anything mm-hmm. and assume that everything the shame says is true, then you just believe it. But then when you speak and you're like, oh, well, the shame told me that everyone would now hate me and that didn't happen. Maybe yeah. I don't want to listen to the shame as much next time. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and full circle, you know, like you were saying how you define self-care. It's like, you know, listening inside and listening to yourself and then acting in the most loving way. And I think that's the key because you can listen to yourself and you say, well, wait a minute. Is this actually the most loving voice? Because all, every thought we have is not our own. 
You know, just because you have that shameful thought, you know what, that thought actually isn't your own. That thought that's telling you you're not good enough. That thought's that telling you that, you know, something's wrong with you. No one's going to love you. Everyone's going to leave you, blah, 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 blah. Sure, those are thoughts, but they don't have to be your thoughts. They don't have to be true for you, you know, and it's when you start to truly listen to your higher self, then you get the discernment of, is this actually my higher self? Is this actually me? Or is this a limiting belief I picked up somewhere? Is this a toxic belief I picked up somewhere? Is this what somebody told me? Is this is what I saw? That, but this doesn't have to actually be the truth of who I am. And I, the thinker, I, the observer, actually gets to decide what is true for me by having the courage to act in my own self-interest, just like we talked about, in a loving way. And sometimes acting in your own self-interest in a loving way is telling those negative thoughts to shut up. Something I do, if I get like a negative loop or a negative thought, I just stop and I go, huh. I go, okay, thank you, thought. I release you to the universe for good. And then I just move on to the next thought. (laughs) And I think, well, what can I think instead? Or what do I actually want to be true of me? And I forgot his name. I forgot his name. But there's a guy who wrote – love yourself like your life depends on it. He has this one great thing that he that he does where he says, you know, if his mind gets on a loop or if he has to make a decision or he's just like in those moments, he gets calm. And just like we're talking about, he says, if I truly loved myself, what would I do? What would my next step be? What would my next thought be? What would I do in this situation if I truly love myself? Because sometimes it's actually hard to think I love myself. You know, if you haven't been working on it, that's a big leap for some people. Some people have never even thought about loving themselves. So I love that he says, you don't have to say I love myself because sometimes that'll just startle people's nervous system. But just ask the question, well, if I loved myself, what would my next stop be? What would I choose to believe is true for me? What would my next right step be? And I, and I use that all the time. Like if I need to do something, I'm like, all right, calm your mind. All right, Candy, if I truly love myself, what would I do in this situation? What would my response be? What would I say? And it always comes up. Because your inner knowing, your wisdom, your intuition, your higher self always knows what's right for you. But then through free will, you have the choice to either believe it, not believe it, act on it, or not act on it. <laughs> Yeah, there's always these these phases that I see with people. Like sometimes people's work for a long time is just to learn how to hear themselves. Mm-hmm. Because depending on what your experience was, people may have really built that up in you and said yeah. like and helped you develop your ability to hear from yourself. Or people may have told you, and I'm using people very loosely, it could have been yeah. society, it could have been your parents, it could have been all kinds of people, your best yeah. friend growing up friend, like all of these different things that could have told you, oh yeah, you can't listen to yourself. You can't trust yourself. So some people's work is just learning how to hear themselves first for a long time. And then once you get beyond that, where you can hear yourself, it is that action piece because there are people who are so wonderfully, and they wouldn't necessarily admit it, but they're, they're very aware of what they need. Mm -hmm. but they don't want to do it or they don't feel capable of doing it. And that's the next step of the work is, okay, how do I act on this? How do I actually do the thing that I would do if I was, if I loved myself? And 
that can be a big gap sometimes. Like sometimes it takes support too to go from, okay, I am hearing from myself now to what does it mean for me to actually do something? And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we cause we always we always know, but like you said, like working the muscle to hear it and then taking the step to do it. So are you ready for our five soft life questions? I'm so ready. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. This is a new segment I have for, for my podcast. All right. So the first question is, what is one thing you would tell your younger self? I think I would just tell her, like, you're enough. You don't need to prove yourself. I did a lot of that. I still do a lot of that, but I did it a lot more when I was younger. Me too. Same. Number two, what is your definition of God? Oh, man. Going real <laughs> deep, huh? Yes. Um, I think God is – I tend not to use God anymore just because mm -hmm. of, like, my own journey. So yeah. I would say, like, God is a higher power that we all have access to. Like, God is the interconnectedness, the fact that we are all interconnected. Um, and God is love. And God is wanting the best, not just for us as individuals, but, like, the best for humankind and the earth and all of the planets beyond the earth. Yeah. Number three. How do you self-soothe? I – it depends. I, I would say right now it's been a lot of just like doing a meditation. My coach actually recommended that I record some meditations for myself in my own voice. And so I've been building out like my own mini meditation library for moments when I notice I feel triggered or dysregulated. And then I like pop on a meditation that's me guiding myself through – yeah, it's pretty cool. No, I I absolutely love that. I did that once with um sleeping affirmations. Just like pop it in, but your own voice is so powerful. It, it's yeah. it's so powerful. I love that. So number 4 is what do you want your legacy to be? I want my I've been thinking so much about this lately. <laughs> I want my legacy to be especially cuz I don't know if I want to have kids or not, but mm -hmm. I picture having like almost spiritual children and grandchildren of people who are either clients who are able to do their work in the world because of some of the work that we've done together or like practitioners, whether that's coaches or facilitators that I've trained who then are able to have this ripple effect into the rest of the world. I say that my like mission in life is to reconnect people to their inner wisdom. And so I just want to leave a trail behind of people who are like so connected to themselves that they can bring all of what they were meant to bring into the world. I love that. And our last soft life question is who are you? Who am I? I am – the first thing that came to mind is like yeah. something cheesy. No, that, no, no. But – um, I'm a human being, like a human space being. And that's something that is constant work. I'm like in transition from a lot of identities that I used to hold. I used to like really care a lot about being a business owner or a founder. And right now I'm really excited about exploring a bunch of identities within me that have nothing to do with work. I love that. Yeah. Like, 
what came up for me when you were saying that a human being, I think, is perfect because, A, that's what we all are. And then and, and B, it sort of allows you to. To live in the joy of. Vulnerability, live in the joy of being able to not be perfect and having not being perfect actually be exactly who you were born to be. That's powerful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's true. Like, you know, we're as a human being, it's imperfection is inherent in our existence. And the more we fight against being our our inherent existence, the more we get, you know, you know, trauma and suffering and depression and anxiety and low self-esteem and unworthiness, unlovability. And then we're doing all of these horrible self-sabotaging things in order to not feel all these things, because at the core of it, we're just fighting our own intrinsic imperfection. But when you embrace that by sheer definition, being a human being means that you are inherently imperfect, but yet through the divine that lives within you, whether it's through higher power, God, universe, source, you know, whatever resonates with anyone, you're still worthy and enough. And that perfection has nothing to do with worthiness. That's, That's such what, a good word. You know what I mean? It's it's so true. And like I like, you know, I've told you like I'm a recovering codependent. And I used to get my worth and my value out of what I did for people through performance, you know, whether it was being straight A student, going to this school, you know, doing X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 doing the most, because that's where I got my worth from, you know. If I did this, then I was enough. But when I switched to my intrinsic value, oh, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> Simply because I am here, I'm enough. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to do. I don't have to prove. I'll prove. I don't have to show. I still struggle with it from time to time because I'm a human being. But that's when I really became free. And then that's when I really started to get curious about who I was. And that was really the beginning of my own healing journey when I got curious about, you know, who is Candy Washington? Like, what do I think? What do I don't think? What do I like? What I don't like? You know, what, like, who, like, who am I? And that was really what started me on my, on my healing journey when I got curious about, well, who am I? <laughs> you know? And who I am is enough. Yeah. Yeah. That was so – yes, I I love that you took it there because that's giving me, like, stuff that I'm going to be noodling on even after our conversation. Absolutely. Well, that's what we do on Sugar Pills. I actually just rebrand it to um, The Soft Life because <laughs> I love uh, – because, you know, everyone's been talking about The Soft Life lately. And for me, the way I think about The Soft Life is very much how you think about self-care. Like, it's not about – spa days and doing nothing and all of that stuff. For me, the soft life is more about intentionally giving up the struggle and whatever that struggle is, whether it's the struggle to be good enough, the struggle to be lovable, the struggle to be X, Y, and Z, and then just embracing your own intrinsic, divinely given value and worthiness and knowing that you're allowed to slow down, you're allowed to take care of yourself, you're allowed to say no, you're allowed to be joyful. 
you're allowed to be soft, um, and then really tapping into healing and cultivating and awakening my divine feminine energy. Because I think like a lot of us, and like I think um, I, heard, I, I identified a lot in your story, I've been in my masculine for so long doing, 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 doing. Like right now I'm in my masculine because it's like, I'm on my podcast, I'm talking to you or going through it. And then afterwards I'll go for a walk, be a little bit softer, you know, getting back into my feminine to be open and ready to receive. But I think we forget about that divine feminine peace that we have that should be soft and open and and receive and be able to, 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 to get as much as we give. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, yeah, we definitely tend to skew. Like we both have, we all have both energies within us. And mm-hmm. I I think for a lot of us, probably most of the people who are listening to this, definitely <laughs> yeah. both of us, yes. we can tend to slip into our masculine if we're not aware of it. And yep. we deserve to be like balanced and whole. Exactly. 100%. Oh, Taylor, this has been such a beautiful conversation. And I want to thank you so much for your time and your expertise. And I only have two more questions left. One is, what is one piece of wisdom or insight that you want to leave us with? Whether it's something we touched upon or something new, what's one thing that you really want us to know? And then the second is, where can we find you? I will have everything linked to Taylor down below in the show notes and description box, but I also want you to speak it and let and let us know. Yeah. So one piece of advice or insight, I think would just be to really find a pocket of time that you can hear from yourself. And that might mean like pausing and taking 30 seconds right now. Like I'm so serious about you finding space for yourself to hear from yourself. Um, And a lot of times I find people are like, I do it while I'm walking my dog or I do it while I'm in the shower. Like I don't put a podcast on while I'm in the shower, but then once I'm out of the shower, I can like find that little bit for you. Um, And then where can you find me? So Go to Inner Workout's website, innerworkout.co, not.com. There's a link right there at the top for you to get the book or to take our free assessment. Um, I'm kind of on Instagram at Taylor Elise Morrison. Inner Workout is kind of on Instagram at Inner Workout, but most of the way that you can connect with us is through our newsletter, our podcast, and the book. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Taylor. This has been so beautiful. And for everybody listening, definitely check her out and I will and I will have everything linked down below. And as always, if you need additional support, you can grab our self-love journal, grab some of our courses, join our newsletter. It is free and you get a free self-love guide when you join. And with that, everyone, as always, take care of yourself and each other. Bye. But stay for a little bit. Welcome to The Soft Life with me, Candy Washington, where we explore all things self-love, manifestations, and relationships with a cheeky dash of pop culture news. So be sure to subscribe, share, and join us on Patreon. <laughs>